Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by National Realty. 30% returns on cash and rented real estate. Find them at NRIA.net. U.S. stocks are a little changed as Apple's first sales drop in more than a decade sapped investors' sentiment about corporate earnings before a policy update by the Federal Reserve. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. The S&P 500 down one point to 2090. Dow Jones Industrial Average down a tenth of a percent or 21 points to 17,968. The Nasdaq's down six-tenths percent, or 31 points, to 48.57. Ten-year Treasury up 9.30 seconds. The yield 1.89 percent. Yield on the two-year, 0.84 percent. NYMEX crude oil up 2 percent, or 88 cents, to 44.92 a barrel. COMEX gold is up three-tenths percent, or $4.10, to 12.47.50 an ounce. The euro, $1.1319. The yen, 111.16. Apple shares down 7.3%. They're at $96.70. Boston Scientific is the best performer in the S&P 500 this morning. It is up 8.5%. After first quarter profit beat analyst estimates, and it raised its forecast for the year. And Yahoo reached a settlement with activist investor Starboard Value to name four new independent directors to the board, averting a proxy war. It's little changed at $37.10 a share. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Mike and Francine. Okay, Moscow, thank you very much. Well, the 1st of May is coming up, and that is uh, roughly when Puerto Rico has a, another large debt payment due. And there is a big question about whether or not they're going to be able to make the payment. John Miller is co-head of fixed income for Nuveen. He joins us now here in the studio, and I guess... The straight-out question is, does Puerto Rico default? They've been looking for help from the federal government, and they haven't got it. Sure. It, it looks likely to us that uh, most of those payments will be missed on May 1st, and uh, that highlights what we think is going to be a period of higher volatility for Puerto Rican bonds coming up over the summer. It also highlights the need, we think, for a more comprehensive approach, ideally driven by uh, the U.S. government and the U.S. Congress, rather than what's going on now, which is more haphazard and, and locally driven. Well, if that happens, what does that mean? Um, I mean, there are many things that can happen, and I have to confess I'm not completely familiar with the, the, the way these bonds are structured. Do they have a cure period, and can they make the payments within that period? Does it spill over into other parts of the muni market? Uh, well, most bonds have uh, 30 days uh, yeah. 30 days to cure a, a technical default. I don't think that's really the issue here because the issue here is lack of liquidity. They so just can't pay. 30 days from now, they probably have less cash than they do today. So 30 days from now, it would be worse. The spillover effects, though, uh, appear to be very moderate uh, and less and less over the last uh, two and a half years as this crisis has been unfolding already. Uh, Reportedly, uh, based on U.S. Treasury Department uh, comments, over a third of the Puerto Rican debt is now owned by uh, distressed debt hedge funds. Uh, Less than 50 percent of muni funds have any Puerto Rican debt at this point in time. And uh, the muni market continues to increase liquidity, increase inflows, uh, increase performance in general. And, uh, and so this is a, uh, a situation that's been sort of fragmented off from the broader muni market. Will we not see a stampede of lawsuits from jilted creditors? Well, that's a distinct possibility. That's part of the purpose of the House legislation 
coming out of the Natural Resources Committee, Bill 4900 is a stay of litigation, is a component of that bill. The uh, What's happening now is that the governor has the right to not pay debt service based on their own local debt service moratorium legislation, hasn't exercised that right yet, but may need to exercise it on May 1st. That probably would trigger a flood of litigation, uh, particularly on July 1st, if, if 1.4 or $1.5 of GO debt service payments were missed on July 1st. That would uh, that would trigger litigation. We've already seen some uh, lawsuits filed against the government development bank. So that absolutely that risk could grow. Uh, so, John, what's the bigger picture here? Is what that once this eventually gets resolved with all the lawsuits and all the creditors involved, uh, the U.S. needs to reevaluate the political status of Puerto Rico? Well, I think the the U.S. needs to get involved sooner. And, uh, and they, they are involved. Nothing has, uh, uh, nothing has become law yet. Uh, but Congress is, uh, is working hard on a bill that would do several things. One, uh, most importantly, create a financial control board, which would do the due diligence necessary, the auditing, uh, to really better understand what the debt service capability of the Commonwealth is, how much debt they could carry. I think how much debt they could carry is shrinking. Uh, as we speak, because the uh, ex-migration of the most employable segments of the population is accelerating, and it's up to about 2.5% in the last 12 months. Uh, so getting Congress involved, stay of litigation, due diligence, financial control board on a sustainable fiscal plan, these are all, I think, better scenarios than just uh, a flood of litigation, which could take a decade to sort out. You look at the case of Argentina, and uh, there were the uh, holdout hedge funds that did go to court and in the long run got the con- country to pay. Uh, what's the likelihood that um, these the, the, the vulture funds that have bought, been buying in are just going to hold out and try to block any kind of uh, restructuring uh, until they get fully compensated? Well, there's no question that they that they are and will continue to try and block any type of uh, sort of orderly restructuring. Uh, most of the uh, uh, most of the commitments are being made in the general obligation debt, with the idea that uh, if those bonds are treated better, then some of their repayment or potentially a higher repayment on GO bonds would come at the expense of everything else. Uh, everything else being things like uh, COFINA bonds or GDB bonds that could be forced lower. So there's only there's only a certain amount of debt service capability that the Commonwealth's economy can support. So there, one route is uh, essentially slug it out among various intercreditor groups in terms of uh, in terms of who has priority and who can reduce the recovery rate on somebody else to increase your own recovery rate. That's that's the actually the current path. I think that has collateral damage uh, on the economy itself. I think that has collateral damage on uh, health and human services within Puerto Rico, among other things. Or uh, or put this uh, uh, put a stay of litigation in place and put this under the control of a uh, of an independent and unbiased board that had that would be uh, drawn up from lists of individuals selected by the House and Senate and and uh, and selected by the President of the United States. Uh, can the Congress actually, can U.S. Congress intervene if Puerto Rico surrenders its fiscal sovereignty? Well, the U.S. Congress can intervene based on its own uh, constitutional authority. 
so now they would prefer that, that it be done in a way that uh, in a way that the government of Puerto Rico itself is comfortable with the way in which the this board is structured in other words uh, in other words back and forth could be uh, could be had between fiscal policies that the Puerto Rican government would be comfortable with as well as the fiscal policies that this hypothetical new control board is recommending. Uh, so some sort of partnership there. Uh, the devil's in the details in terms of how to exactly write that up. Uh, but both, uh, uh, both of those key constituencies would have, uh, would have a voice. John Miller from Nuveen, thank you very much. He's co-head of uh, Fixed Income and uh, a deadline coming up this weekend for Puerto Rico. We'll see what happens. And then it's a definitely story, uh, friend, that's not going away. Uh, we also have a couple stories that aren't going away. Central banks that are meeting. We have the Federal Reserve this afternoon here in the U.S. tonight for you uh, in London, and then the Bank of Japan. Uh, they don't put a time on their release, uh, friend. So you you might have to stay up all night to see what happens there. That's exciting. Or we could just wake up tomorrow morning and look at yen. Well, although that's it's, although <laughs> it is cheating, and it's probably not related to what Governor Crowe is trying to do. We've seen that in the past, where the governor tries to surprise the markets, and then the the yen decides, oh, actually, I'll, I'll rise anyway. Well, it would be good for us in terms of uh, the good story if they do, as uh, Mickey Levy was telling us earlier this morning, if they do something big. I don't know what the odds are of that, but. Um, they're expected to at least do something, unlike the American Central Bank. Yeah, although, you know, I thought one of our most important interviews of the day, uh, Mike, was when we spoke to Jane Foley of Rabobank, and she was saying the Fed has been so dovish that even if you get a little bit of a hawkish stance, that would be doing a little something. So if you're to position yourself, you're probably on the easier side of the trade that way. We should make a little bet here. Uh, the Fed meets, the Bank of Japan meets, the yen. Tomorrow, weaker or stronger? What do you think? Oh my gosh, are we putting money on this? I go stronger. We're putting yen on it. Okay. Oh, that's fine then. <laughs> so you want it weaker? <laughs> you um, think it'll be stronger? Uh, it'll be interesting I, to see. I'm not sure. I, I actually think that Governor Kuroda has been doing quite a lot. He's not been pre-announcing, right? So when you look at the Fed, when you look at the ECB, they've really been trying to pre-warn markets. Governor Kuroda has really deliberately surprised the markets. And despite that, you see a much stronger when, again, since he announced negative rates. So I really don't know how much he would throw at it unless we get helicopter money. Uh, but that may be too soon to, to drive yen lower. Well, that will be fun to see. And that does come overnight. You can listen to Bloomberg First Word Asia for all the details from the Bank of Japan decision. And, of course, this afternoon, you can listen to Bloomberg Radio, 2 p.m. Wall Street time, 7 p.m. in London, for full coverage of the Fed decision. Myself, along with Scarlett Fu and Joe Weisenthal, will bring you the details and the reaction. Our thanks to Francie Lacroix in London today. YUN is our producer and our global technical director is Ken Fellew. We'll see you back here tomorrow on Bloomberg Surveillance. This is Bloomberg Radio Worldwide.